Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready? It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am... Your holy host, happy to be with you this Sunday as I am every single Sunday, right here, same time, same place, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Around this time of the year, everywhere you look, you're out and about, family, friends, working, doing whatever, you'll see people putting lights on everything. Their houses, Christmas trees, lights become the focus in so many ways around this time of the year. Lighting becomes a theme of sorts for the holidays. And that's something special about this, actually. There's something about light that gets attention, stirs people's emotions, If you have seen movies or have been to Las Vegas, you see the lights everywhere. It's been uh, kind of an ongoing theme with Las Vegas. Bigger, better, brighter. If you go in any Main Street, USA, you'll see lights uh, trying to get the attention of the people that go by. Hey, over here, shop over here, look at what we have over here. These are our services over here. All with blinking, flashing, bright, colorful lights. In Scripture, you're called to be the light unto the world. Matthew five fourteen through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's a good word. You may take light for granted. It's everywhere. It's easy to use. You flip a switch. It comes on. But it wasn't always that way. There's something precious about it. When you're called to be the light of the world in Scripture, there's something special about that. To be bright, shining throughout any time so that you can be seen, kind of like those beacons in front of those stores we talked about, blinking, flashing, with all their color and all their brightness to get the attention of those that go by. When you do acts of kindness, when you live your faith out loud so that people can see it, people see and take notice. They'll take notice of the things you're doing. They'll take notice of how you are and how you act. And in turn, 
This glorifies God, as it says in Matthew 5. It glorifies God because people see the things you're doing. People see how you're acting. So when you live your faith out loud, it's just, it covers all the senses. People will know what you believe by the way you live. To love God is to want to be better, to want to be a better you. To take the time to purify yourself each and every day as a process the same you would to keep clean or have hygiene uh, physically. This spiritual hygiene is a, is a process every single day to cleanse yourself in a way that people will take notice. You want to be a light for others, a, a living example to those around you. And when you're honest about yourself, you show those around you the things that you do well so that they can give credit to God. Obviously, the glory goes to God. But also those things that you don't do so well those are seen too. As long as you respond properly to them, others will see them and they'll learn from them and grow the same as you. The light that you, you shine in every day is the knowledge of your salvation through the death uh, and on the cross and the resurrection. If you get caught up and just your everyday life and the things you have, the tasks, the things you have to do each day, you'll lose sight of the bigger picture, the more important picture. And with the holidays here, of course, there are things that are pulling your, your attention in every which way. But this is a great opportunity, a great time of the year for you to, to check yourself and make sure that you're living in a way or expressing your faith in a way that glorifies the Father. That you are that light on the hill. You can tell when somebody tries to hide a lot. As it says in Matthew 5, you don't, if you have a lamp, you don't put it under a bowl. What a silly illustration, if you think about that, to take at this time lighting a candle and putting it under a bowl where it is of no use to anyone. On the contrary, the scripture says that you put it on a stand, you put it high, you put it where everyone can see it and everyone gets use of it. So if you come across either a time in your life or other people in your life and you find that they're always looking for a path to the darkest place or a place to hide, they're not living and maybe you're not living in that, in that healthy space, looking to, to shine your light. It's not about pride. It's not about glorifying yourself. On the contrary, it's about glorifying God. It's pointing to God just as the, as the moon reflects the light of the sun and gives glory to the sun immediately when you look at the moon, knowing that it's not giving its own light. The same happens when you... Uh, exude and illumine with with who you are and the things you've learned through Scripture and the things you've learned from other believers, the things you've learned from living life in a godly way. Well, by, by doing that, by shining that light, 
it gives glory to God. That light, that that passion for salvation and for the things of God points back to God. It, It shows that you are a believer. It shows that you know the reality of what took place on the cross and the beauty and importance of the resurrection. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Light, so important over and over in Scripture, used as an illustration of those things that are good. Darkness doesn't want anyone to look upon it. Darkness wants to hide. Darkness wants to sit in a place where nobody can see the good things or the imperfections. But when you look good or feel good physically, don't you want to go out everywhere? Don't you want people to see you? And that can be tied to vanity. That could be tied to pride. But imagine having inside you such a burst and a desire to show people the love of God that you have. And I'm not talking about standing on a corner with a bullhorn. I'm talking about living in such a way that that you shine, that you are a, a physical, living, breathing example of being that light to the world. When you find yourself running from being seen, when you find yourself hiding, putting yourself, as it said in Matthew 5, under the bowl so that the light can't shine anywhere, you have to ask yourself, are you living as a light unto the world or are you hiding in the darkness? It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you, as always, be bold and be brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. So, uh, the holidays. You've got Christmas coming up, and something that surrounds in one way or another is lights. Whether they're on houses or Christmas trees, light has this, this wonderful, hypnotic, and powerful beauty to it. It becomes a part of the holidays, most certainly. Matthew five fourteen through 16 says that you are to be the light of the world. It goes on to say that, that having a light and putting it under a bowl is silly. It doesn't serve anything. You want to put the light, the lamp up high like a town built on a hill. Everyone sees it. Everyone knows it's there. 
You are to be living in a way that you desire to be a better you every single day. In doing that, you glorify God. Scripture says that for you to be the light, the true life, the light, you have to have self-control. Thessalonians 5, 5 through 10 says, You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then let us not like be others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled putting on a faith and a love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. It's powerful imagery, the the concept of being in that light. The light of the believer should grow brighter and brighter every day as you learn that self-control talked about there. Don't fall into the darkness of ignorance or rebellion. Be that light. Be that source where your light grows brighter as the day goes on and your life goes on so that people can look at you as an example. Proverbs four eighteen and 19 talks about the path of righteousness. It's like the morning sun. It gets brighter and brighter throughout the day. You should be like that. Remember, God will light your path, and there is no darkness in God. Psalm one nineteen one o five, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life. And of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to that phone with your theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible. Or if you're you're going through something specific, I'd love to hear from you as well. Anywhere in the U.S. of A. You can dial 877-HOLY-HOST numerically. That's 877-465-9467. Check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Reese, welcome to the Jesus uh, Christ Show. Hi, Reese. Hi, how are you doing? I am well. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, so I guess I'll just start off by saying uh, the other night, I found myself praying for the well-being and goodness of my family, and then I started to have some doubts as I read some Bible scriptures. I'll tell you what I read, um, Mark eleven twenty-four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Luke eleven nine. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And if the Bible should tell us that whatever we pray for, we shall receive it. Why does this not always happen? Well, because, for one, you're taking them out of context. If you read in the entirety there, you'll see as it, the qualifier that happens every single time, Reese, 
is that it if you're praying along with God's will. So imagine it this way. If you take any instructions, uh, any instruction manual, and you're taking pieces out, and you don't read it in its entirety, you end up putting the wrong piece in the wrong place, and it doesn't end up being what you want it to be. Those scriptures are often used by um, health and wealth gospel types, TV preachers, that want people to believe that it's kind of like a magic lamp, and if you rub the lamp the proper way, that you're going to get everything you want. And those verses, out of context, may sound that way, but if you read them in their entirety, not just those verses, it talks about the will of God, and the will of God enters into that and becomes very, very important. As a matter of fact, uh, something in Scripture called hermeneutics is the harmony of the entirety of Scripture race. So, for instance, if you go to the ultimate prayer, that prayer, and I say this just because ultimate in the sense that people recall it, not that it's a better prayer than anything else, but really it's kind of a structured breakdown of how to pray, race. And this is in Matthew 6, and you may know it as the Lord's Prayer. And verse 9, it says, pray then this way. So you can see that it's an example of how to pray. It's not, hey, repeat this prayer over and over like a mantra. It's simply saying, here's, here's a way of praying, and I'll break it down for you. Pray then in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, if you break down this prayer, it's interesting how it starts as our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The first part of the prayer is focusing on who God is. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We look forward to heaven, but ultimately thy will be done. So before any petitions of any kind, any requests of the, of the prayer to God, it starts with thy will be done. Nothing else matters. Prayer is there to teach you the will of God, not for you to teach God your will. And a lot of people confuse that, and they read things like Mark 11.24 and Luke 11.9, and they think, well, it's just this Veruca salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory concept of I want it and I want it now, Daddy. And that's not what prayer is. It all is centered on God's will. Imagine it this way. When you go to the grocery store and you see the children with their parents and the children are asking every, t- every aisle, going up and down the aisle, pointing at what they want. I want this sugar cereal. I want that snack. I want these chips. I want that candy bar. The parent is there to guide them, to recenter and re-guide them to understand what they really need. No, honey, we're going to get these foods because they're good for you. And prayer is similar. Just like the child, you may ask for everything, and even things that you think are good and that will be helpful, the health of someone, whatever it might be, more money, whatever it might be. But if God sees different in the bigger plan, it won't come in 
won't come to be because you prayed it. And going through the entirety of those scriptures, you will see that that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to the will of God, not the demand or the will of man. Cheryl, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. My cat had died um, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if cats or animals have souls. Do mm. they go to heaven? Animals uh, do not have souls the way humans have souls. So when you say, that you, you know, theologically you say you have a soul, if you imagine it this way, uh, I would have had to have come and died on the cross as you know, as a dog, as a cat, as a, all of these things to cover um, all of those affected. Animals mm-hmm. are instinctual; they don't deal with mm-hmm. morals. They they react instinctually based on self-preservation and things like that, and not based mm-hmm. on moral right and wrong. So it's a different situation. Okay. So there are some theologians that would say, um, "No, cat, there's no you know, cats and dogs in heaven." But Scripture doesn't necessarily say that. Scripture doesn't say that, that animals are redeemed through the blood on the cross, but it doesn't say anything about the, the heaven being absent uh, of any animals. So um, one could say theologically that your animal could be in heaven, but not in the same way that you would go to heaven based on your relationship uh, with God. So mm-hmm. um, don't give up hope and just know and trust this, that Scripture is very clear that there will be no tears in heaven, and there's there's not going to be any of that that feeling of loss or absence or any of those things. So, be confident that eh, there's no reason to think that that your animal couldn't be there. But also, if uh, someone or an animal is missing, it's not like you'd be disappointed that yeah, it's really great to be in the presence of God, but I wish fill in the blank was here. That's just not the way it'll work. There's, uh, you're going to be standing in the presence of the glory of God. You'll you'll be fine. You will be absolutely, positively fine. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this. Sunday, as I'm with you every single Sunday, right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology questions or life situation questions anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. TheJesusChristShow.com. You can find all kinds of resources there for you. And also, you'll see a blue-gray box at the top underneath that, a link. If you want to find out more about our Archive Club, that's how you can listen to us throughout the week. You'll get deliveries uh, multiple times a week, including not only the Archive shows, but this show. The show live goes up there every hour. So every hour of this show after it's done, live, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit MeetMolinaCA.com. Let's talk today. Let's uh, put up there as well, so you don't need to miss anything. But you can find out more about that by going to the JesusChristShow.com website and doing that there. You can follow us on Twitter during the week and uh, during the show at Jesus Show. At Jesus Show. Elias, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hey, good morning. Um, I just <clears throat> I have I have a question. I have trouble getting rooted into the Word of God. Sometimes I go to church and I feel all these emotions and I feel happy and other times I go to church and I feel like I'm wasting my time and I don't know how to explain it. It's just a weird feeling. Well, it's bound to happen. It's depending. You you could be in different places. You can you know mentally. You can have things on your mind. It could be a lot of different things. What are you looking to get out of church? I just wanna I just wanna know about God. I wanna know about His Word and um, I wanna live by. By the Bible, I want to I want to be happy. Okay, and and you feel that when a preacher is talking about God, you're not really listening, or what's the problem? <clears throat> I don't know. Some, sometimes I feel like you're sending a good message. Sometimes I feel like the message is not coming through, and and I don't know if it's just temptation or the flesh that that drives me away from from the Word of God. Well, it's hard, and, and even to read it on your own or to try and consume Scripture can be difficult sometimes. I don't want you to to beat yourself up, whether you're hearing a preacher talk about it or you're reading it yourself. It's not like it's a super easy book to read. So, do you, Yeah, exa- exactly. When I try to read it, I feel like I'm not grasping anything. And um, I don't know, what would you recommend me how to, to start reading, like what, what verses or what chapters or what books? Well, there's some verses and chapters I can give you, but I, I'm going to give you a recommendation, and it's on our website as well. But uh, And I do this, my producer Neil loves this, and uh, he's got one of these himself. He He's given one to his wife. He gives them to friends. Uh, do you know what a graphic novel is? It's like uh, It's kind of like a comic book. But uh, it's got a little deeper story than than just Superman saves the Earth. Well, th- the graphic novel is a style of novel that, that really uses pictures as well as words to move the story along. And there is one called the, the Picture Bible. And right. often it's given to kids. But I will tell you, it's, it's not a kid's book. It's no more a kid's book than the Bible is a kid's book. And it the pictures kind of help. Here's the thing. Everybody learns at their own their own pace, and they learn differently. My producer, Neil, he's a, he's an artist. He likes to draw, and he likes shapes. So he tends to just reading empty words. It doesn't always work for him. Sometimes if he, he sees visuals that go along with it, it, it embeds it in his memory. So maybe, maybe if you went and you found yourself, uh, you can go on Amazon or a local bookstore should have it. It's called the Picture Bible. And it's not word for word. I mean, it's not a study Bible per se. It's just to give you an, an idea of what took place. And then you can read along or be when you're at, at church. You can have a better idea of who everybody is or all those things so you don't get lost. Uh, is get a, Just get a picture Bible and, and read through that at night. 
And it's like re- reading a big comic book, but it gives you an idea of the people that played in the timelines and the things that took place during Scripture. Okay, sounds good, sounds good. And uh, I also had another quick question. I don't know if, um, if I could ask you real quick. Sure. Um, it's, a, it's a bad that um, I, when, I, when I look for God is when I need Him the most, when I'm going through struggles, and then when everything goes back to play like normal, I start deriving away from God, I, like, it kills me, like, it just... Well, Elias, I, I don't want you to... I don't want you to be away from God just when times are good. So that's not a great thing, but but does it... Is it some great big thing that separates you from God? No, most people reach out to God when they need something. Uh, it doesn't mean you love your parents anymore when you reach out to them when you need something. It just is a... It's it's a push. I do encourage you through reading and through spending some time or drawing or doing anything. Uh, it doesn't have to be just being in church or just reading scripture, but there are anything that you do. Just remember you do it for God. And that's an easier way to kind of allow God to be a part of every segment of your life, everything you're doing, without it being in a church or in in scripture or Anything you're doing, if you're building a car, build it for God. If you're, you know, working a cash register, work it for God. Just do everything that you do. Do it with a pure heart and do it to the glory of God. And and I think that will balance things out for you. All right. Well, thank you. And um, I appreciate the comments and the advice. Anytime, brother. I appreciate you calling. Thank you. You Bye-bye. go in peace. So th- there's a kind of an attitude and it it permeates the entirety of Christianity that there is some sort of big thing that you need to do to please God. And I always say, rake the leaves. You know, if you want to, if you love your parents, you want to do something for them, rake their leaves. Just be human, be normal, do stuff. Because that's why God has you here to get stuff done, to do stuff, to learn things, to adapt, to explore. And it's okay to do those things. And you'd be surprised how many times you are really connecting with God when you're not just doing a physical prayer or you're reading Scripture or you're in a a church. You're still connecting with God. God is everywhere. And what you want to do is you want to see him and you want to make note of him and thank him for just the tiniest of things. Be connected to to him for the littlest of things every day in every way. And that's all he wants. And then when something big comes along, you got to talk to him, there's no problem. But he really isn't a God of checks and balances in that sense. And he loves you and he misses you and he wants to see you. It's really that simple. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology questions or life situation questions anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877 877- Four six five nine four six seven. Also, uh, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. 
thejesuschristshow.com, and you can follow us on Twitter during the week and during the show at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Shannon, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. I have an 18-year-old daughter, and she was raised, um, I'm Catholic, and I'm, I'm divorced, kind of an oxymoron, but so while with me, she's always gone to Catholic Mass, and on her weekends with her dad, she goes to chapel, so both, you know, Christian upbringing, but mm-hmm. not fanatical, and about two years ago, she decided that um, it's all a bunch of crap and that she's an atheist. Okay. Um, and I don't know how to how to talk to her about it, how to bring her back into um, the fold, so to speak, without turning her way even more. She's talking about it being very similar to a cult. Um, you know, she does, doesn't have any faith whatsoever. I mean, it, it, she's a seen-as-believing kind of person. Well, no, she's not. No one is. People say they are, but they're not. You can't live that way. She'd never be in love. She'd never experience all kinds of things. She wouldn't understand what wind was and what all kinds of uh, physical phenomenon that take place that people don't really see or understand. You don't see how all kinds of things are done. So people say that, and she's 18 years old. I know. She's wrestling with it. Well, you know what? It's really not your job, thankfully. Your job is to give your children the best tools you can so that they can go out and use those tools any way they see fit. And so you've done that, and the best thing you can do, Shannon, is to live a life that is uh, a, a wonderful example that uh, she can look to you for things and allow her to come and ask you questions and be ready, be poised to give an answer as you can. Know that just because you don't have an answer, don't make them up. I know people that will sit there and they'll make up something and because they don't no, want to I'll look. Tell her I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, say if I don't have the answer, it doesn't mean there's not an answer. She could ask you a trigonometry question that you don't know either. It doesn't mean trigonometry yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know those answers either. Well, see, the people – but just know she's at a growing point. Is she in college? Yes. For, she just started college this fall, her and her twin sister. And her twin sister, you know, I mean, she's uh, – she's, this didn't come about, so – but so, in some so, way, I feel like I failed her some way. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, you gave her a brain to let her think. Uh, in Scripture, it says, test all things, hold fast to that which is true. You gave her the freedom and the tools to do that. That is a God-given – it's funny how God sees fit to make creatures with free will, and then every Christian wants to run around taking the free will away from everyone. That doesn't make yeah. sense now, does it? So. Well, she Will on everything else, she just can't. <laughs> when it comes to God, it's on your terms. Yeah, there's no, there's no free will there. Well, you know why people get as parents tend to get nervous about this for different reasons. And well, I, I hate to not see her in heaven someday. That's my biggest thing. I, of course, and that's a that's a scary notion. However, um, she is searching honestly, and you don't know what she believes. Kids, uh, even at 18 years of age, can say all kinds of things for shock value. It's not surprising to you or anybody else that she uh, entered into college and and now feels the freedom to not believe in God. Uh, She is breaking away and getting her own roots and her own wings and deciding as to who she is. And some of that's going to rub you the wrong way and some of it you're going to be proud of uh, and excited about. But really, this she is... also announced she was a Democrat at the same time. I don't know which was worse. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I'd say there there are some. Um, wow, you're a, you're a Catholic and uh, not a Democrat, huh? 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier. About extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Correct. I know it's an anomaly, but... Wow. Yeah, she just came <laughs> up at dinner two years ago and said, um, uh, I believe I'm an atheist, and by the way, I, I'm going to register Democrat at 18. And I, did, I told her I, I wish she was a pole dancer instead, and I could just went downhill from there. Oh, boy. Well, don't, don't, first, don't freak out. The, and, and, and it's not it's not strange for uh, someone one to become uh, a liberal or a Democrat or an atheist when they enter college. So uh, take a deep breath, uh, and being a Democrat is is not being the Antichrist. Uh, it is uh, – and I'm going to say something, and I don't want people to swerve off the road. Okay? okay. Just relax. Okay, ready? There ready. are Democrats that are Christians. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it has nothing to do with your spiritual beliefs. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Republican. Um, you just can't be part of the Green Party. That's a joke. Yes. No, that's a joke. I guess it was just the double whammy of the two together. Well, that's it, but it, as a parent, it, it, how powerful would it have been if you said, "Oh, well, I'm glad that you're searching, and and if that's where you land, I hope that I've given you the tools." Um, and that's where to make I'm the at best now decisions. with telling her, and I don't know if I'm right in telling her to keep. You know, I'm okay with it because I'm not okay with it. Well, but you I tell, tell her. her you tell her that because this is really what you heard. If you're honest with yourself, what you it, it wasn't about what her beliefs were. What you heard is, I'm moving far away from who you are and who you brought me up as, and that means I'm Most changing definitely. and being different. And that's a scary thought. But as a parent, um, you've you've gone through many things yourself, Shannon. You didn't you didn't pop out and say, okay, well, I'm I'm this and I'm that and I'm this because my parents are. You found your way well, as well. I never lost. I never lost Christ, though. Well, some people do and some people don't. And some people, it's not about losing. Uh, Some people will say, you know, when a child says and when you don't give them their toy and they look at you and go, I don't love you. Yeah. And then the parent, do you really think for one second when your children said that, that they really didn't love you? No. No, they wanted to get a rise out of you. I parenting correctly. She wanted to show you that she is her own person and that she's off to college and that she's going to be uh, learning things and studying things and becoming her own person. And you should be very proud of that. So there's nothing more I should be doing. I, I'm afraid to do anything that might push her further away. Well, you know what does that? Try and pull that? her towards you. Okay. There's an okay. old there's so. an old saying that if you um, want to uh, kill someone and make it look like suicide, take them to a cliff and pull them towards you. They'll jump off. It's just human <laughs> nature to the pull push and pull principle to reject, especially children as they're growing into adulthood, uh, away from their parents. And and so that's exactly what's happening. And and it's like anything else. You 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 trust that. If they they smell the wafting and wonderful aroma of a good meal, they'll come to eat. If you try yes. and force it down their throat, they'll vomit. So yes, you're right. So just be who you are. 
don't change. Don't. There's not some holy headlock you're going to get her in. There's not some. Well, if I do this or stand on one foot, or if I if I tell her how I'm listening to this new Christian rap band that all the kids dig and it's really groovy and try to appeal to them or something. Just don't be yourself. Be mom. Love God and let God, uh, you know, uh, be the guide and the director of your life, and she'll notice it. Um, and then, and if she brings something up and says, you know, this is why I don't believe, you are m- more than uh, uh, capable of saying, you know, and and asking questions and saying, well, um, that's interesting, but why would you think this or that? Just it's going to be emotional if you get into conversations or arguments with them. Yeah. Uh, as children, they just they're going to expect you to do the unexpected. Love them through through the decisions that they make uh, to the best of your ability. Be there for guidance when they ask for it, and that's the key: is being there for them when they ask for it. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am. Your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions, talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question, dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible. Or if you're going through something, we call them life situations. I'd love to hear from you as well. The number 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. You can find all kinds of things there, including that blue-gray box. tells you a little bit more about our archive club. Just click on the link to learn more. If you are so interested, if you want more of the show during the week, that's the way to get it. Uh, among other things, you can get this show there. Every hour uh, we finish, it gets posted. So the first hour, already posted. This hour will be posted soon enough, and then the next hour. So um, you can find all of that there, won't you, at the JesusChristShow.com website. Uh, Follow us on Twitter during the show and during the week at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. James, patient James, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. How can I help you? Throughout the the New Testament, I kept finding the mind of Christ through the letters of Paul, and the mind was capitalized, capital M. And then in the Old Testament, I apologize for not having the address, I saw the mind of the universe, and that mind was also capitalized in the Scriptures. I need more elaboration on how to get into the mindset of a mind of Christ. I know it's love, and I know it's forgiveness, practicing these things over and over Am I missing anything? Am I looking too much into it? Um, can you help me out with that? Sure. And I love the question, James. I love the way you think and the fact that you're seeing it as this big thing. But I want to kind of narrow it down a little bit and put it in the the harmony of Scripture, as we talked about earlier, and the importance of that. So we'll uh, we'll look at uh, – I want to go through some verses that – that talk about that. So the first one you mentioned, Paul, we'll look at 1 Corinthians 2.16. Of course, this is a letter to the church of Corinth. And and really, there was a lot of problems in the church then, uh, 2,000 years ago, that are still being wrestled with today. 
and, big time. And, absolutely. And it's kind of interesting to see that, the, that you have Paul writing and complaining about certain things that are going on in the church then that are still going on and unfortunately probably will be going on 2,000 years from now. But this, this concept is talked about here, 1 Corinthians 2.16, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so that as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, depending on context and how it's used, mind and reference is going to be capitalized or not capitalized. But the important thing is uh, to see is what's being talked about in the context here. In the context, it's really talking about judgment of one another in the church and judgment from people outside of the church and all of these things. Right. And the, the talking about the mind of Christ, what's really being said is that no one – and it, it goes on to say that no one is going to understand these things unless you have the understanding via the Spirit. Verse 11 says, For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. So what's being said here in the mind of Christ and what's being referenced is basically the truth or the wisdom of God. So if someone says, man, I just don't understand – well, I'll pick on my producer because he's standing in front of me. Uh, No one understands the the mind of Neil. That's because no one's inside that – crazy brain of his except him. So when it's referring to the mind of Christ, it's referring to to the wisdom of God and that no one can know no man can understand that in any way shape or form including scripture or anything else without the help of the spirit. So right so having the spirit of God in you and being led by the spirit of God is to understand truths and wisdom that God gives and that's why it talks about casting pearls before swine and things like that because if someone doesn't understand the wisdom of God via the Holy Spirit, then the things that you say will seem silly to them to the point of absurdity, and they'll go, ah, it doesn't make sense. Or They are missing it the same way that a child wouldn't understand um, something that an adult was trying to explain to them or kind of breaking down or, or showing them some sort of truth or wisdom or things about home, buying a home or being in love. or A child's not going to comprehend that. The child may just go, you know, you're silly, daddy, or you're silly, mommy, and walk, shake their head and walk off. Likewise, the world that doesn't have the understanding of the things of God because they don't have the Holy Spirit, that it becomes absurdity. So in 1 Corinthians 2.16, when it's talking about, uh, but we have the mind of Christ, doesn't mean that you know everything, that you will know everything. It means it's the only way for you to understand what God has laid out for you is by the Holy Spirit being inside you, leading your life, and therefore giving you understanding towards the things of God. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you if you have a theology question or a life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST numerically. That's 877-465-9467. Check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. And also follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, Jesus Show. Mohammed, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Yes, Hello. 
Hi. Yeah, how are you doing, sir? I am well. How can I help Merry you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Actually, I'm a Muslim, and uh, um, I ask a question, and the question is, if Jesus, peace be upon him, uh, died for our sin. Yes. And uh, there are, what is the purpose for praying? Because uh, the purpose of praying is... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit MeetMolinaCA.com. Let's talk today. Get rescue from uh, the hellfire and go to paradise. Well, that if that you are sure. but that is a that is a uh, a Muslim belief, uh, yeah. not not a Christian belief. Uh, prayer That's is not uh, there is nothing that you can add to the death and blood on the cross that would get you into heaven. So, no, I mean, if if, if Jesus uh, died for our sin, the mean the yes. main purpose is to be free from sin for if those that believe, for those that receive that. Yes. Yeah. If, if if we are free from sin after we accept Jesus as a savior, and then what is the purpose after that? Do we do do good things or treat people good? Anyway, we are we are guaranteed that we will. Oh no no no, Muhammad! If you think of it this way, um, if you had children and you loved them very much, and you um, purchased a vehicle, a car for them, and they crashed that car. It could very well be a mistake and you would say, okay, well, you crashed the car. Um, I love you. We'll get you a new one. There's a point where if they kept crashing the car and they never said anything to you and they didn't care and they didn't give you, um, you know, the, uh, the attention you deserved for being so kind and giving them that car, you would assume that they don't love you. They don't respect you and they don't appreciate what you've given them. So, uh, Christians don't pray. For salvation in that sense, because salvation is not something that can be earned. If it could be earned, you wouldn't need God. So your question would be flipped in reverse and say, well, then why, if you could pray your way into heaven, then why have uh, God come and die on the cross? So in this sense, it's not about praying uh, to uh, to guide you out of the hellfire. What it is, is it's, it's, it's praying. Uh, to have a a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God, to know God's will and to continue to better yourself, not uh, not so that you can save yourself. No, I mean, if if you don't believe in Jesus, then uh, you will be in, in hell or what or nowhere. Well, every belief system in this world, uh, Islam included, is exclusionary by its very definition. That's the way truth works. You can't say that. Whenever you make a truth claim, 2 plus 2 equals 4, it can't equal 3 as well. So every belief system, Christianity included, believes that their way is the true way and that every other system is not. Um, yeah, if, if, I if, were you to, believe, if you don't believe that, that it's not true, then, then you're not Christian. Well, yes, indeed, and I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that Muhammad, there are, there, Muhammad is the number one uh, given name on the planet, correct? Yeah. There are more people that have the name Muhammad than any other name in the yeah. world. 
Does that mean they're all you? No, actually, the, mean, the name doesn't matter. Uh, I can't put my my name uh, like uh, crest or something else. Uh, the, the, the believers matter. Yes, but the, uh, it, uh, it does matter who you are. You are a particular Muhammad, and I can't yeah. just be, uh, you know go to anybody's house whose name is Muhammad and get you there. So there is yeah. specifics to that. You can't just call upon the name of God and assume that it's all the same God. Any more than you could call and say Muhammad, and it would all be the same Muhammad. There, there, and so there are different gods at stake here. There are different now. They may be well, from the same. The gods of Muhammad and Jesus, peace be upon them, are the same. Even the Abraham, all have the yes, same gods. The Abrahamic faith, me and, you. and 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 as uh, those that believe in Islam would refer to Christians and Jews as people of the book as well. Yeah. Um, and and that's all fine, but there is a difference where we all would go in different directions. Islam would go in one direction, Judaism would go in one direction, and Christianity would go in another direction. Actually, we all have differences because the, the Christians would believe that I am the Savior, that I came and died for their sins, whereas uh, a Jew would said, not believe that. He, has, he never said, somebody else said that he claims, people claims that Jesus said, and he never personally said that. I absolutely I, did. I, As a matter of fact, in Scripture it says what, Mohammed? In Scripture it says that uh, that they came and they picked up stones, and I said, for which good act do you want to stone me? And they said, not for a good act, but for you a mere man claiming to be God. That was blasphemy. That was the act of blasphemy. Throughout Scripture, I made that claim. I claimed to be the, the great I am that is spoken about to Moses. I absolutely, I received worship and didn't correct anybody, even angels from heaven, Muhammad. When people bowed down to worship them, they said, do not worship me. I'm not God. God is the only one to be worshipped. When people bowed down to me, when uh, Doubting Thomas put his hands in my side, his fingers in my hand, and said, when he said in the Greek, the Lord of me, the God of me, he was not reprimanded. If he and he wasn't ex, he wasn't going. Oh my God! Because he would have been reprimanded for that. That would have been blasphemy under the context. He referred to me as God, and I okayed it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's not just about saying you don't have to go high on Muhammad. If someone sells, yells, "Hey Muhammad," and you say yes and answer to it, you've told them you're God. I answered. To being God in Scripture. I answered to Thomas. I answered to others. I said, today in this hearing, this has been fulfilled as I read Scripture about God. I absolutely claim to be God. And there are major differences. And this is, uh, this is where the discussion becomes open, Muhammad, where people uh, decide – uh, as to what they believe, but make no mistake about it. Christianity, Islam, and Judaism all uh, have the same holy land and similarities in the beginning. But there is a fork, very definite fork in the road uh, between our brothers and sisters of the faith, both in Judaism and Islam. And there is uh, differences enough to to dictate saying this is Islam, this is Judaism, and this is Christianity. They are partitioned specifically, 
And and so that you know that's where a lot of uh, you know anger comes in because it it sounds and I and I understand that a lot of Christians make it sound like they're a have and you're a have not and the Jews don't get this and the is uh, the Muslims don't get this and all these different beliefs I get that but really all of them are making truth claims and truth by definition truth claims are exclusionistic they will be uh, exclusionary. By the very definition of making a truth claim, if you say something is round, you are excluding it from being square. So if Christians say that I am the son of God that came, that died on the cross so that you could have eternal life, there is no second option there. And then you have your view and the Jews have their view. So they can't just all be mashed together and everyone could be wrong, but they can't all be right because they're they're. Uh, contradictory in certain parts of the beliefs. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology questions or life situation questions. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com, when you get a chance. Mohammed brought up a question that lingers a lot and is normally posed to Christians, and I find this interesting because every belief system – as I said, is exclusionary. If you believe there is a truth, then you believe that anything outside of that truth is false. Every belief system believes that, even universalism. Listen to this. Universalism believes that uh, in different forms, depending on the form, believes that all are kind of children of God and all finding their way and will all eventually get there, like everyone's right. But if you were to tell them everyone's not right, they would tell you you were wrong. Which means that there's still – even in universalism, there's still a belief that you can be wrong. There, You can't escape it. But for some reason, it seems to be put on Christians all the time as if Christians are the only ones that believe that. Not true. But if you, you set aside – because you hear the things like, well, so if I don't believe in Jesus, I go to hell. But think of this conceptually about math again. Because math is not personal. People uh, – we use in math, math analogies on the air. It's just easier because it doesn't seem personal. So if I said 2 plus 2 equals 4, then anything that doesn't equal 4 when you have 2 plus 2 is wrong. When you remove the, my name from the equation, when you just say this, this is the way to God, then people uh, receive it differently. It's when you start attaching names that it becomes personal and it's like, well, that's my group or this is my group. It's not about that. Push that aside. I liked when uh, Muhammad, when I gave him the analogy, said, uh, it's not about my name. And and that was an excellent point. It's not about the name. So let's put this aside for a second. Yes, Scripture says um, uh, there is no other name under heaven in which man can be saved. But it's not talking about vowels and consonants. Jesus, and the J and the E and the S and the U and the S. It's not talking about that. It's talking about the power and authority, just like in the old movies. Stop in the name of the law. 
It's not talking about LAW. It's not talking about uh, anyone's particular name. It's talking about the authority of the government that applied that to the individual who's now wearing the badge and the gun. So in the sense, there's no other name in which one is saved. It's referring to the power of God in Christ. So that's where my authority comes from. Now, it's very difficult for uh, people of different faiths to understand the Trinity and you know what it means for me to be God as well and all those things, and I get that that's confusing. And plus, when you're in different belief systems and Christians, I warn you about this all the time on the program. Don't believe things about another belief system just because you're told that. We see this about Muslims all the time. I hear all kinds of garbage that is taught saying, well, this is what Muslims believe that is not. And I hear it about Jews as well. And I hear it about all kinds of different belief systems. You don't like it when people do it to you. Don't do it to them. But Christianity, it's not about, oh, if you're not a Christian, you're not in the club and you don't get in. That's not what it – and that's how it always comes out sounding. It's not about that at all. If you uh, think about being in a home that's on fire and the fire department coming and the firefighter cutting a circular exit for you, you wouldn't look at that firefighter and say, well, gosh, you know what? I grew up believing that I'm supposed to exit out, out of a square hole should I be caught in a fire. You receive the salvation and you say, you say thank you. But when it comes to God, then it becomes a battlefront for the different ideas rather than a search for truth. It becomes a battlefront of this is what I believe, this is what I was taught, so this is the truth. No. And as I said before, Christians, Muslims, and Jews, and all the rest can be all wrong, but they can't be all right because the very nature of the belief systems are different and contradictory. So if someone says this is black and someone says this is white, they can both be wrong. It might be blue, but they can't be simultaneously right. And therein lies the, 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 the rub. It is to search out and to seek without bias based on what you grew up with or what you're comfortable with or any of those things and really search and seek that which is true because it's truth. Not because it's always what you believe, not because your parents believed it, not because it's convenient for you, but because it's true. And that should be the concern. Whether it's Islam, whether it's Judaism, whether it's Christianity. Now on this show, it's called the Jesus Christ Show. What do you think we're going to be preaching? What do you think we're going to be teaching? This show is unabashedly pro-Christianity. Why would it not be? But ultimately, above all things, this show is focused on truth, seeking truth, knowing truth, spreading truth, and being accountable to that truth. And that's what's most important. That is truly the focus of this program, seeking truth. Scripture says to test all things, hold fast to that which is true, which is good, which is righteous. And that is the very purpose of this program. As you go through the hustle and bustle and finish wrapping, some of you, yes, probably men, getting your last-minute gifts and uh, making food and spending time with family, remember that. 
that it's not just about my team or your team. or this. It's about truth, and some people will be wrong. There are groups that claim to be Christian that aren't by the definition of what they proclaim. There are uh, individuals that claim to be Christians but don't follow it in a way that you'd ever know. There are people in other parts of this world that don't know what the word Christian means but are living Christian lives, and they know God through that experience. So shed those biases and look for the truth, not just for those on your team. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, and, of course, follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Betsy, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Oh, I wondered if you uh, agreed with uh, what I'm about to say in regard to people who defend the nativity scene at Christmas, and they do it in such a way that kind of drives me crazy. What's that? Uh, well, they say it's it's baby Jesus' birthday, it's your birthday, mm-hmm. but they don't really elucidate or they don't really give the full meaning of what Jesus did as a man and, and any more than, like, when people say, happy birthday, George Washington, it's not just a baby, it's what he did in life. I and see. Then, so uh, you're saying focusing just on the birth is missing the point of the life, the death, and the resurrection. Yes, I did a little thinking about why we celebrate Jesus' birthday, your mm-hmm. birthday, and it came to me that knowing the man as we do through the Bible mm-hmm. uh, and what he did, what you did, mm-hmm. um, my gosh, it's the most powerful word in the entire world. He overcame, you overcame the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. And And through the resurrection and with love. So... I just think that it sometimes when people try to defend why they want the nativity scene or why they want um, displays of Christmas or even why we say Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. it's because we are then focusing on the most powerful word in the world because it's love. So anyway, that's my definition of, I wondered your thoughts on how to define the Christ life. Well, well, yeah, Christ, it comes from the Greek word uh, Christos. It means the anointed one, and obviously it is uh, a – translates the Hebrew word that is used uh, to mean Messiah. Uh-huh. So the anointed one is very, very powerful, and I, and I hear what you're saying, that, that ultimately the, they're focusing so – their sight seems narrow – they're focusing so much on this one part, it's not illuminating the, the reason why the birth would be important at all, which is mm-hmm. about the life and the times and the death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that you can get super hyper-focused uh, on that and, and you too can lose sight of what's going on. I think that the defense sometimes is uh, the feeling that Christians 
get when they feel they're being picked on or that their rights are kind of becoming second uh, class um, mm-hmm. and therefore that you know everyone else even pagan belief systems around you know you can put pagan symbols up around Halloween and and mm-hmm. schools and everything else is fine with it but if you do any Christian symbols people start getting uptight and I think that's kind of what they're defending now to your concern Betsy I think that you're you're right in saying that that people should understand the fullness of what's going on we've said on the show many times that the term Jesus loves you means nothing unless you know who Jesus is what love is and who you are so Yes, the defining the principles and why why a nativity scene would be important at all uh, would be a wonderful thing. Sometimes in battle, uh, words become abbreviated because it's the the focus is uh, to those people to save the nativity scene for what it stands for. But ultimately, if you don't stand, if you don't uh, save what's what it stands for, then the nativity scene means nothing. And people get lost in that and and uh, and really it's kind of just an understanding that there would be no death and resurrection if I hadn't been born. And so to celebrate the beginning and all parts of it, if you understand God in his fullness, God is uh, a God of beginning, middle and end, most certainly. A God of Gethsemane, Calvary and the empty tomb. All three are important. And uh, so that, that time spent in the garden was important. Uh, the time on the cross was important and the time of resurrection obviously ultimately important. But each part is talked about in scripture because they all play an importance to uh, the entirety of the story and that can't be lost either. So uh, you, you see the, the balance of those two things that uh, some people are fighting for something uh, in its infant stage because of what it means in its fullness and I can see where you like to hear the entirety of it. And that this word is important, that Christ is a powerful statement because it's talking about the anointed one of God. But I think that's certainly in there in in what they're fighting for and what they're defending. You know, I've said this before that this time of year brings out a lot of that that quarreling. It brings out a lot of the fights and, you know, the atheists will put up some sign about how uh, I didn't exist or something silly like that. And, and uh, the theists and the Christians come out of – uh, their churches and put up uh, billboards and signs. Then you hear about people fighting for nativity scenes, and really, ultimately, that the what those nativity scenes st- uh, stand for really is the most important. Absolutely, that if it wasn't for um, the birth, death, and resurrection, then all of Christianity is for naught. And to defend that's a wonderful thing, but symbols. And symbolism, and we want our uh, our particular belief system represented, is really more about culture than it is about faith. Um, faith cannot be dictated by any government, uh, especially Christianity, because of the fact that it can be practiced in your heart, and that you want to be able to worship as you please. Most certainly in the United States, but. Uh, the concept of who God is never changes no matter what anybody says and you can put up a nativity scene and you know uh, it won't necessarily help anybody and you can take it down and it won't necessarily hurt anybody. 
the important thing is that Christians are living in a way that other people can see and experience in a very, very real way. Otherwise, you just see people that are fighting for their cultural likes or dislikes or their wants, uh, and it gets lost in that. So as these uh, as this holiday tends to bring out those people defending the nativity, which I think is fine, um, just keep in mind that the nativity is just... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit MeetMolinaCA.com. Let's talk today. Just a thing. It's the setting up of this display is just a thing that really the value of it lies in uh, the life-changing power of the death and resurrection, that that's where the power lies. That's where what it's all about, and that's what Christmas is all about. I know everybody focuses on that on, on Easter, but really Christmas is just as much about that. It's about the beginning, the nescient stages of uh, Christianity and the importance and the power of the things to come. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions right here, talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. If you have a question, uh, we might be able to get to it. Uh, Theology or life situation, 877-HOLY-HOST, numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. You can check that out, and especially if you're new to the show, probably a good place to start. You can find out uh, more things about the show. You can find that there. You can find out more about our archive club, which is just a, uh, it's just a way for you to get more of the show during the week. So if, if you like the show and you want more of it and um, you're getting something out of it, then that's for you. If you just want it once a week, then we've got this here for you. No worries. But the Archive Club is delivered on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, old shows with the commercials taken out. Keep in mind, this has been around. This show's been around for 15 years or so. So there's a lot of programming that you haven't heard. Remove the commercials, and you can listen to them. There, Tony removes all the, the commercial spots from them. Listen to them as you wish, and then also this show. So the the live show. Every hour on the hour is posted. So the first two hours are posted. This one will be posted in about a half hour. And you can find that up there too right after each hour. They're there. So if that sounds interesting to you, I'd say look into it. If not, hey, no harm, no foul right here. You can also follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, Jesus Show. Derek, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Oh, thank you very much. I want to say it's an honor and it's a pleasure. I consider myself a borderline Christian of non-denomination only because, well, I, I think I sin too much. Hey, so you're a, border, a border, borderline Christian? Well, yeah. I'm not the Christian I wish I could be. Uh, 
Well, I think that stands for most Christians uh, as a work in progress. Of course, uh, there's there's more to be done. Uh, hopefully, you're not in a state of rebellion where you just do anything you want. No, not at all. Okay. I have high standard of morals. Okay, good. Well, how can I help you? Well, I, I've been toiled. I have a, a question regarding trees, uh, Christmas trees and Santa specifically. Uh, let's see. To my knowledge, uh, Christmas trees is an ancient pagan tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And the shiny bulbs represent the ancient sun god, Baal. So for that reason, I don't bring them in my house on Christmas. And the word Santa actually can be crossed. You can put the two words. Oh, side don't by say side. don't say Satan. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You really? Can put them side by side. Well, God, God could spell left. dog if you put it in a mirror. What was that? God spells dog if you look at it in a mirror. I know, but that's too much of a coincidence, don't you think? You can put the two words side by side and draw a line to each letter? No, because you're dealing words. Here's the thing when it comes to words, and I, I know there's a lot of people who get caught up in these things and, well, this word and numbers, too, and they get caught. Like, a lot of people are superstitious about 666 when, uh, in all honesty, it's not really the number of the beast. So there's uh, – people get caught up in, in numbers and words, but really uh, – uh, Satan is a uh, is is not the technical term for Satan any more than Santa is the technical term for Saint Nick. So there's it depends what you're looking at. It's kind of far fetching. Yeah, well, there's, uh, there's many names. You've got the the devil. You've got Satan. You've got Lucifer. You've got Beelzebub, uh, father of darkness, the prince of darkness. You've got all kinds of names. So. Really, it, you start nitpicking at that point. As far as the tree goes, it's not about what the pagans used it for. It's what you used it for. Hitler was a, a vegetarian because he had stomach issues. That doesn't mean that anybody who's a vegetarian uh, is somehow a, a Nazi. So just because trees have been used, um, the fact that uh, Christmas comes uh, is celebrated during a time when it wasn't. My birthday wasn't in December. I have more on this. Don't go anywhere. It is the Jesus Christ Show. Welcome, 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 always. So much better when you are here with us as we are here with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you, go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter during the week and during the show at Jesus Show. At Jesus Show. Uh, we were chatting with Derek about um, some of the seemingly pagan attributes of Christmas with Santa Claus and uh, a tree and the glass bulbs and all of these things. And Derek, you were saying that that, you know, Santa and Satan are so close, but really it's you can't start comparing different words like that because uh, – well, Jesus is not just the word. You're looking for an excuse to find a devil under the the stone. Now, I will ask you: Are you married? No, I'm not. Okay. Do you have you have you seen uh, the ring that uh, is bestowed upon the man and woman when they get married? Yes. Um, do you think that that's a problem to wear rings? 
No, actually, I don't. Uh, being a bachelor, uh, I've never had. <laughs> it's not not a problem for you. Well, but rings uh, come from paganism. There is a lot that comes from paganism. There's uh, many festivals and feasts that Christians still celebrate today. Um, even the seasons uh, were based on uh, paganistic uh, feasts and the like. So if you start weeding out everything because they had a pagan background, there's a lot more in in your life that are, are going to be weeded out than you think. So making that tie, uh, uh, people don't bring trees in. Kids don't go, oh, mommy, daddy, can we get the pagan tree in the house this year? <laughs> they just don't. So uh, it, it seems like a, a, a fight uh, that's moot. You're you're not fighting something real. It's uh, it doesn't exist anymore in that sense. If, if anything, Christians have co-opted these things and are using them for their own desire. Or if they're commercialized, you don't have to use them or what have you. But they're not. They don't have the pagan attributes anymore to the believer. I see. It seems more Satan than the trees. Uh, Jesus is you, the uh, concern that bright that, red. Uh, children only think of him and getting what they can get for Christmas. They don't think of Christ's birthday. Okay, but but what? Where do you get red and the devil? Uh, everything I've ever seen, the devil. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Hell, fire, so you're talking the devil about painted red. So you're talking about the the uh, the character of the devil that people have created. Yes. The the devil is not what pe- it's not a guy in red pajamas with a goatee <laughs> and a pitchfork. No. Okay, that's what man has drawn. You know, just like you see every time you see Jesus, he's this this white guy with blue eyes. Do you think that's what I look like? Uh, no, hair of bron- uh, skin of bronze, yeah. and hair of wool. Yeah, to the Bible. Yeah, so that and even that is in context of uh, the second coming. So that that is in a different state as well. So you you start putting these things together, and really you're reacting to uh, kind of caricatures that aren't real to begin with. Satan is real, but he's not this guy who's red. That's man's depiction of the devil because, matter of fact, Scripture says that uh, the devil masquerades as an angel of light. So re- so now you're not going to have any angels of light in the house because that's no, what... I have you- angel features. Okay, okay but uh, you, you see what I'm saying? Where you're going to start weeding these things out and getting concerned based on, you know, oh, well, this and that, and, and you're going to be chasing the devil, and that's what he wants you to he want he wants you to just strip your life of everything um so you're sitting there naked and then go well god why do you have me here sitting naked don't don't look for the devil he'll find you trust me <laughs> look for god focus on god the tree is just a tree with ornaments on it um that in your home should be reminding you of God. If you don't want to bring it in there, fine, but don't use the excuse of paganism, for goodness sake. I see. Thanks for clearing that up. You're welcome. Uh, I really cleared up. uh, The devil under every stone gets to be, uh, gets to be a little much. If you, if you want to, you know, have guidelines, uh, there was, uh, I remember uh, a conversation on radio listening in and somebody was talking about, uh, how they wouldn't buy a VW because uh, the original VW bug or something therein was designed by uh, Nazis or by uh, Hitler himself. And uh, VW has nothing to do uh, with uh, Nazi Germany anymore, nothing. And the, the person said, well, I just won't buy a car 
um, that's built by someone who was an enemy of the United States. And and when he was asked what he drove, he drove drove a Japanese car, which at one point the Japanese were in conflict with the United States. So you start getting in this place where you start putting these these moral uh, markers in your life, and you'll find out that really there is a lot. Even uh, the the very concept of the environment. Um, uh, it comes from in loving the environment, protecting the environment is a very pagan concept. But you wouldn't say that was bad. Many things, clothing and... Uh... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, uh, food, the way you eat it and the preparation, all kinds of things can be tied back to, to pagans. So be careful when you just get on that rant because you might uh, end up editing a lot more out of your life than you think. And it doesn't glorify God. All is made by God. All is to be enjoyed, it says in Timothy. Let no man try and take food or certain things from you based on festivals or whether they were, you know, um, slaughtered for a pagan god. It's about what you worship and who you believe they are for that's important. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com, and follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Hi, Dorothy. Welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Very... What's going on? Uh, I was, uh, my husband died in July. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Dorothy. Thank you. Yeah, kind of an afterlife question. Okay. But um, I came across Randy Alcorn's books, and I've been digging through those, and realizing I hadn't really thought of heaven in real terms, um, and also the fact that I I can't imagine um, our relationship in heaven um, without all of the the angst of human life and interactions that seem to build over the years of relationship. <laughs> are, you, kind of, are you saying, what, like are you gonna, what are you going to do in heaven if you can't bicker with your husband? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to really, to really know the person, you know, without the, he had, he had substance abuse problems and stuff. Um, so, you know, to really know someone without all that, um, it's just going to be amazing. And to, actually to have myself in the non- critical state also. Absolutely. It just makes me think about these things in real terms that we have a lot to look forward to. Well, you, if you would, could imagine that, uh, uh, you know, when you see something newly minted or something so brand new, it's never been touched or or any of those privations that happen in life. Yes, there's something and, and that still is imperfect because it's, you know, here on Earth. But um, to to think that the things that you know about someone and the things you experience with someone over a lifetime is really their imperfections as well. 
But though, yeah. and so it, it is an interesting thought to think, well, how are you going to recognize somebody when their faults are gone? And, yeah. And really, you're going to be looking at all those things, the things that compelled you to someone was not the problems in who they are, but the way they dealt with them and and the dealing with them and the way they work through problems or their sense of humor or any of these things are really coming from that perfect place and not the privation, the absence of the things that were designed by God that should be there. And and so you will you're, you're going to see a more uh, concentrated purified version of that individual, which is what truly compelled you to them in the first place. It's just not something that you have an example of on earth. There's just not something you can put it against and say, oh, it's going to look, feel, taste like this because it just doesn't exist in this place. This world is filled with a lot of pollution emotionally, spiritually, physically, and those things skew and change um, the appearance of things, but not the not the essence the essence of your husband as as well as your essence will be exactly the same it's all the luggage and the garbage that has been in the pollution that's been piled up uh, over the years on by you guys and by um you know your lineage uh, mm-hmm. that that you see here but trust me it's it won't be a disappointment no not at uh, all how we can live better in this life with that kind of attitude i Without all that old uh, nature. <laughs> well, that's the that's the honing process. That's the you know just as metal is heated and heated, and then the dross is scraped from the top and it's heated again. That's the process. Um, you know, it's easy to get confused with Christianity and think, well, uh, Christ died on the cross. Here, I paid for your sins. My blood's there, and then it's all over. Well, that's not the case. There is a pure. It's all over as far as the payment being made. But the learning process still has to be there by definition because it has to, it's like patience. You can't give someone patience. You, they have to earn it. And, uh, and so there is still learning that needs to be done. You're just not earning salvation. And so, yeah. you know, so this process in life is part of purifying and honing and growing and learning and, uh, and then experiencing that perfection and that, uh, that a uh, whole different expression when you're in heaven. Mm-hmm. Something to look okay. forward to. Sure is. Yeah, it is a, a great thing. And you're holding together well uh, with your husband's loss. You sound very strong. Well, I'm. I'm thinking of all the positive. I'm really seeing a huge um, gift that he was to me um, with our children and with all of the adventures we went on mm. together, and his heart for God, his heart for people, and um, through all the struggles, he was really. Strong, um, loving person, um, and gave us huge amounts of um, things to think back on. And, and um, like we went all over the world together, and he wanted the kids to see the world and to see the, the work of God around the world and stuff. So we, you know, he just had that adventurous spirit as well as that giving and loving heart. And we'd bring people into our lives from needy areas, and we both had that same attitude of wanting to serve God and help people. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I have to think of a positive. I just, I just realized that my whole life was kind of wrapped around a lot of the negatives um, over the years when we get so close to the, the, the issues of life. Um, it's hard to see the bigger picture when you're in the midst of it. Yeah, you know, dying is it's the last act that's done on this planet and uh, oftentimes ungraceful, unpleasant. 
uh, and all the ugliness that goes with it. Yet it's the one thing that those that are left on this planet tend to focus on when someone leaves. And mm-hmm. so, and, and that saddens me that the, a whole life was lived with all the beauty and all of the things that you just described so perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. for that it, it's okay to have a time of mourning, of course, but then to make make somebody's entire life their death, mm-hmm. it, it just it, it's it really reduces the the beauty of the individual. And so, I like I like to remind people that, that if you're still living, that you're kind of the curator of the museum of the of the person who's passed. And that's exactly what you described to me right now. All the different things that, that you've seen and experienced and that you pass those along to other people is a beautiful way to keep um, such an amazing life uh, alive and understood and fragrant and real rather than you know just summing it up as, well, this person lived this long and, and then they died and this is how they died and now we're alone. And, then, and that to me so cheapens the beauty of life um, when it goes beyond the – uh, the normal realm of mourning and sadness for a loss, of course. But when you get to that point where you reduce them to just their death is um, when they truly die. So, Dorothy, uh, keep doing what you're doing. You absolutely have inspired people, trust me, um, that are listening to your voice today. The uh, This time of year brings up a lot of different emotions, and it's very easy to get um, caught up in that all. Uh, and pulling between family members, the loss of family members, uh, the loss of a job and and pain that goes with it. And really about uh, standing uh, tall in the midst of it is really what shows others what you're made of. As I said earlier, Christianity does not solve your problems. It helps you deal with them, which is much different. And others see that from the big to the, to the small, the little things that you do in life that uh, show that you care. We talk often about re- returning the grocery cart to where the grocery carts should be returned. Small things that people see that you care or that there's Im- importance to the finest details to very large things when you lose somebody in your life. And you see that there is um, – that that belief, that faith that there's more out there is now in practice. And now that belief becomes so real because you're, you're looking, saying, hey, now uh, I have to trust God. I have to trust that there is a God, there is a heaven, and that we will be together again. And let people see that in a very, very real way. And others might miss that at times. And so that's part of who you are and what you're called called to do on, on this planet in this lifetime is to be that example for others so they can come uh, to a, a real true meaning of faith. I know a lot of people just go around and try and force their beliefs on others. But as a believer, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be living in a way that compels them. Nobody's forced to eat chocolate cake. They understand uh, its deliciousness by design. And so when you live in a way that compels people to to want to know more about you and what you believe, and that's when it becomes real, and that's when it sticks with somebody, is because they choose it. They want to know more about it. 
And so that uh, I pray during this time right now is there's a lot of ugliness and sadness that you focus on on living a life that would be an example to others, that would motivate them to find out about that hope that lies deep inside your heart. And during this holiday season, I'm thankful that you spent the time with me. I want you to remember these very special words. I am with you. Always. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.